Welcome to Kashrus on the Air, your weekly radio show dealing with kosher issues for the kosher consumer. And I'm your host, Rabbi Yosef Wickler, editor of Kashrus Magazine. And today, instead of uh, one of our regular guests, where well, you will be our guests. And you're mel- welcome to call in your questions or, or text them in whenever you'd like. Uh, you can call us at the studio, 718 683 5858, 718-683-5858, with your questions, comments, anything that's uh, interesting to you in the Kashrus world, anything of concern, and uh, reacting to some of the things that we had on the show or, or that you see in the magazine on a regular basis or whatever, whatever interests you that relates somehow to the work that we do. Or you could text us at 347-927-8398. 347-927-8398 for the texting. And if you call in the studio, it's 718-683-5858. Until we hear from you, I'm going to talk about a few items which I think are interesting to our listening audience. One thing I wanted to share with you is there's a proliferation of new baking items that seem to be entering into the world. There's a, a, a bakery that just started, a kosher certified bakery, that uh, is working specifically with sprouted grains because a lot of people are switching from regular flour to either sprouted grains or whole wheat or spelt or other varieties of, uh, of, of breads and, and cookies and cakes and whatever that are not the regular plain white flour. So uh, there's a, here's a whole bakery. It's got the OK certification, and it's Pas Yisrael, Parva. It's called Angelic Products. Very interesting, because you're going to be finding these their products in a lot of the supermarkets. They're going to be in Safeways and uh, a number of others. I'm not familiar with some of the names. Riches and Foodporium, Woodman's Markets. Some of them are not necessarily in our area, but uh, Safeway is pretty well known. Um, the Whole Foods Market is going to be carrying theirs. So what we see is an interest that, that many people have in using their opportunity to eat the calories and to eat their meals in a different kind of a way. Personally, I happen to like matzah a lot, and we have a lot of matzah on Shabbos. Not Pesach uh, matzah, regular Vachadik matzah. We have uh, either a whole wheat or, or a spelt or something else interesting. And we change a little bit around, and I find that uh, it does very well for me, and I enjoy it. So that's what I'm switching a little bit into. Other people are into some of these other kinds of uh, grains. It's interesting that a whole bakery as it is assigning itself to one specific area because of the change of our lifestyle, many people are, are changing. It's interesting that the same time that I heard about this bakery, it mentions that frozen pizza is a $5 billion business, not only kosher, but $5 billion business, and is taking off in tremendous proportions. So you have your people going to your healthier or different varieties of grains, and at the same time, you have people who are eating that white flour in the, uh, in, in, in the pizza, frozen pizza. I see that we have a few callers coming in, and we're going to take your calls right away. So without further ado, let's have the first caller. Go ahead. You're on Kashrus on the air. Can we help you? Um, I wanted to know, um, there's an alcohol seltzer that, that tastes like candy. Is it necessary to need a hechsher, or it's fine? Again, it's a seltzer that tastes like candy? It's an alcohol seltzer. It's four tums, and it tastes like candies. I'm sorry, but I didn't catch it. Can you just say it once more? It's a what? It's a alco- it's an alcohol seltzer. Oh, it says in the bottle, alcohol yeah. seltzer. Yeah. It's Tums. Yeah. And it tastes like a candy. Does it need a hexer? Yeah, it, it's Tums. That's the name of the br- variety? Oh, it says that the name of the variety is alcohol seltzer. Yeah. And it says it tastes like Tums? Or it just it works it's, like it's Tums? It works like Tums and oh, it tastes it like candy. Okay. Well, we, something like that needs a hashgacha because you you can get uh, these things. First of all, you can get kosher. There, are, uh, the Adwe company puts out a kosher variety, and there probably are others. Besides that, you uh, you have a flavor which is enjoyable, and it's not a medicine in the real real sense of the word because it's not a prescription kind of medicine. So I would advise you getting 
with hashkacha if you can. Uh, that definitely would advise it. To say that it's treif, I certainly wouldn't say that either. But I would advise a young man like yourself, goes to yeshiva, definitely get with hashkacha. Uh, I, maybe you're not going to like it as much. I can't tell you. But again, we're not taking this for for, for, for the regular pleasures of eating. So I guess I would get hashkacha. Anything that you could that tastes good, then al pi halacha you have to make a bracha on it. Even if it's a medicine, you make a bracha, as long as it tastes good. Even though you wouldn't choose to eat that on its own, but it tastes good, you're having hana from it. So something that you're going to make a bracha on, you really have to be sure that it's kosher. Okay? Okay. Thank okay, you very thank much you. for the call. Keep listening. Next call, you're on Kashrus on the air. Can we help you? Yes, hi. Thank you for taking my call. Um, since I've been listening to your station lately, um, I stopped bringing orange juice into the house because just the mere fact of knowing what's in it, even if it might be mutter, it just makes me nauseous to think about it. My question is that I know I'm jumping a little bit early, but I'm thinking about it. Uh, Pesach time, I usually squeeze my own oranges. Um, how would you advise me? How can I... I have like one of these hand squeezers, like with a lever, right. that I make my own oranges from juice oranges. How would be the proper way for me to be able to squeeze my own orange juice and not worry that I might have bugs in my okay. juice? So let me, let me comment. First of all, I, I'm, I don't want to go into a whole discussion about orange juice again. We've gone through it so many times. I just want, since you're raising it, I just have to put it into perspective. There are many poiskim who have expressed themselves on orange juice, whether they've done it in writing or they've done it orally, including, as I understand, although again, I didn't hear it directly from him, of David Feinstein, who was my world. He's the Poisek, the top Poisek in America that we know of, that that's, that's who we consider the top Poisek in the Litvisha world. So he has expressed himself, as I understand, although again, I didn't hear from him, that he permits the use of orange juice. I know, I know. At the same time, many Rabbanim have expressed that there is a reason to be machmir. So whether they do it personally and when they tell people that. So there is a, there are two things. We're getting double messages. So anybody who's listening now should understand you do what your Rav, your Das Torah tells you to do. We're not going to get mixed into that. I, no, my question is, how can I, I prepare it? Okay, so I heard. So now, as far as orange juice, I, if, you're, if you're machmir in orange juice, you still could strain and have regular orange juice all year long. That's what I do. And, it, and then as far as for Pesach or any time you want to make orange juice fresh, it's very, very simple. The outside of the oranges that we use, the navel oranges, the kind of that kind of type, you know, the eating oranges, the using that, which tastes the best, and it's got you know pits in it usually. So those oranges have a wax on the outside, which means that the um, skids there will not fall into your juice. So there's not much concern. If you don't see brown on the outside, that might be a scale, and you can even see with your fingernail if it can lift off. If there isn't anything like that, and there really isn't usually on the high-quality oranges we're buying, then you really don't have a problem. Okay. But then in orange juice, if you take oranges, the juice, the juice oranges, which are the cheaper variety, without the waxing on it, and the old, that old kind of oranges we used to have with the pits inside and all that stuff, and if you're using those, then just check that there are no scales. You can see them, they're visual. If you want to see them, I sent the video out. You can find videos, you can find pictures of it. There's a scale, like looks like a scale on a fish. You lift it off with your fingernail. So if, it, if the scales are there, you don't cut through them. You can clean them off, etc. Or you can take off the skin. But there really is no major concern in preparing your own orange juice. Okay, okay thank you thank very thank much. Thank you very much for calling. Thank you. Thank for you. Okay, you're unconscious on the air. Can I help you? Yeah, hello. Yeah, in general, um, if a mochig knife touches um, warm chicken, is the knife um, trace? Yeah, well, the knife becomes what you call basa b'cholov. It becomes not kosher. If, if, you, uh, if you, again, the question is, if it's very hot, chicken is very hot, so that... If it's warm. Okay, warm is a different story. If you didn't cut it, it's less of a problem because inside it's, it's hotter. 
If it's just warm, touch. You know, it's been sitting out for 10 minutes or something from the kitchen, from the from the from the uh, stove. It's really just a little bit warm. It might be able just to wash it off. I can't tell you right now. You have to know whether that's called Yad Soleta's bow, like a Shilon Shabbos, etc. So you can ask your mother or your father if you felt if they felt it was too hot, then they would say yes. The knife has to be kashered, but but the uh, the chicken will be kosher. The chicken is not affected at all by the knife because you didn't cut it. And even if you cut it, it, it would have to be very hot, and it would have to be that the knife was used within 24 hours for milchiks. And we don't. And the milchiks in a in a way where it really became milchiks. Okay. Thank you very much for the call. Thank you so much, Kate. Bye. Bye. Okay. We have another caller. Okay. We have another caller, and you can call us if you'd like. At 718-683-5858. Do you want to call us or you can text us at 347-927-8398. Again, call at 718-683-5858. Okay, you're on Kashus on the air. Can we help you? You're on the air. Yeah. Um, I, w- I was wondering regarding cough drops. Okay. So the, the company um, Howls. Howls, yeah. Yeah, so it doesn't have any hexture, but is, is, is it still good? Because I noticed that even on Ricola, they don't have a hexture either. Okay, th- so that's an interesting question. Uh, something like that definitely needs hashgacha, because even though you call it a cough drop, it really is only a candy. The, the, anybody who knows anything about these things real, will tell you that if you had a regular sucking candy, It'll do just as good for you, like a menthol candy will do just as good for you as these will. So really, it isn't a medicine whatsoever. So yes, it has to be kosher, and you have to make a, you make a bracha on it. But as far as halls, I don't personally know the answer. You could go to a website, either the Star K's website, star-k.org, or you can go to the CRC's website, which is CRC web web dot o-r-g and on those websites you will find lists of these cough drops especially the star k i know has a list of recommended cough drops some won't have ashkacha but they will be considered acceptable so you definitely should try to look at the star dash k dot org website to get a list of those things uh, yes they need ashkacha now ricola does have ashkacha on the regular cough drops that people are always, always buying, they do have ashkacha. There's one or two products in the company that makes it not kosher, but the things you're talking about, they do, I, they do, uh, they do, they are kosher, and uh, they they don't put it on the label. That's th- that's because they're not interested in it. It's uh, it's being made in Europe, and uh, how do we do it? One second, please. Well, how do we go? Forward here. I'm trying to get the uh, emails. So the uh, yeah the, in, in Europe. There's a, um, in Europe, they, ha- they don't necessarily want to put on the label. Sometimes you'll see a little K, and that might be this rabbi. But uh, e- even if they don't put it on the label, there's a, there are lists that are passed around in, through the Kashmir agencies, and he's on there. So definitely uh, the Ricola has a hashkocha, okay? So what's the star K, what? S-T-A-R. Dash K dot O R G Star Dash K dot O R G. That's the Star K organization, and you'll look for the uh, list there of uh, cough drops or cough lozenges or whatever it is. They have such a list that they that exists. Okay. Okay. Thank you. You're certainly welcome. Have a good evening. Okay. Next caller. You're on Kashrus on the air. Can we help you? Hello. Yes. Go ahead. You're on the air. Yes, the small coffee machines of a company named Kerug, do they need Trila, and how do you toy with that? That's a good question, and uh, I personally don't want to answer it, because I know that uh, there are different opinions, and you have to really get your own love into it. Some people hold that machines, uh, for first of all, the... Does um, the, 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 it... Uh, I, I don't know. I, I have to I have to gear it up here. Is the machine actually producing something in the machine? They have the little cups, so the little cup is just heated up. 
Does it go? Does it go through something? It goes down and pours it down to you. But is that really considered to be uh, using a keli to make the thing? I don't know. So that's a shayla. And then to 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 one of those things that's dangerous because it's you know but an expensive piece of equipment and. Uh, it, it 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 may uh, you know maybe you're not gonna do it right. I can't. I would not advise you to do it without until you silly speak, speak to your own love. First, you got to know a little bit more about how the machine works. Is it really preparing this this drink, or is it really the cup? It's in the cup. It's just heating it up. If it's just heating it up and you're pouring the thing down through something else and it happens to hit it, I don't know if that that requires tevila because you're not what. Heating, heating up itself doesn't require steam. It could be that the heating it up, you have an oven, you don't toggle the oven. I know, it's, I, I know it's really, in reality, um, heating these things up is uh, is just a place. And, you know, uh, when, you, when you heat something up, the, the racks, uh, did anybody, uh, did people toggle the racks? I don't know if they toggle the racks. Unless you're going to put food directly on the rack in the oven, people don't toggle right. racks. So the, but I a, said, pot, a pot, you do have to toil for those. What? Yeah, the what? The pot. The pot. Of course. Of course, that's something different. But I'm saying to you that the, the K-Rig thing, it's in a little container. It doesn't really come out of the container until it's finished. I, as again, I'm not familiar with the actual mechanics. I would first uh-huh. study, I would first look at the, uh, in the internet or you contact the company or somebody else who has one and find out what really takes place there. And then you can ask a child intelligently, does it, something like this need hashkoch, need toveling. Some people have the heter that's plugged into the wall, so it's called mechuba so that they don't require toveling. I don't want to get into that area now because personally, if I, if I earn, I, I've been toveling all the years. But you talk about a, and a piece of equipment like this, I would be very, very careful before I would tovel it. Right. Okay, okay. Thank you. Thank you for the call. Okay, we have another caller. Go ahead. You're on Kashrus on the air. Hello. Ahead, yes, you're on the air. Hi. I had a middle sugar French fries bought by a pizza store, and then I by mistake put it in a fly sugar microwave. Okay. What should I do? And start, I put on the microwave already. Let's start all over again. You bought a uh, you bought what you call milchiga uh, French, French fries. fries in a pizza store, right? Yes. Okay. So now. Do we know that those French fries are milchiks? Yes, because it's for sure milchiks French fries. No, not at all. It's potato French fries. I don't know myself because I bought it from a milchiks French milchik pizza store. No, but I asked you if the, if they're really milchiks. Just the fact that you bought it in a in a dairy store doesn't mean that they're made dairy. If, if they put it, if they, what they do to make French fries, the French fry does not. When it was born, it didn't. It wasn't fly, It wasn't milchiks. It was when, when the, the, the the potato grew. It was parava. So now we we put oil on it. That's still parava. It, it was parava when they bought it as French yeah, fries. Yeah, but the question is, what do I do with the microwave? No, I first I want to find out what the French fries are. Can't answer about the microwave till we know about the French fries. So the French fries, the only thing that would make a milchiks is if the oil that they fried it in was used for something. That's milchiks. I don't know if they do that in the store. I know some of the things they put into the, uh, the frying. They put mm-hmm. in a piece of fish. They put in uh, your French fries. Maybe there's a couple of other items. I don't know if anything dairy ever went in there. So just because you have in your drawer uh, a knife that you use to cut vegetables and you call it a milchika one, doesn't mean that it really is milchiks. So I don't know if these French fries are milchiks to start with. So therefore, unless you, what I would have done is I would call up the store and ask them, you know, I'm not saying uh, I want to have it with uh, meat, but I just want to know, is there any, should I assume that, that did you put anything milchiks in the uh, frying oil? If you didn't put anything milchiks in the frying oil, mm-hmm. uh, then I, I think you have, a, you have no Shiloh. Okay, thank you. Okay, take good care. Thank you so much. Thank you for calling. Okay, bye. Bye-bye. Before we take another call, you have the call already, but just one second. Hold on to the caller. Uh, the call is on. Okay, so good. You're on. You're on. Cautious on the air. Can we help you? Hi. Um, I wanted to know what do you think about eating um, corn on the cob? Like, do you think it's it, you could like safely assume that it's full of bugs, or like, do you think it's safe to eat it? Well, that's a very good question, and you're. Very nice for asking it. You answered it very well. Very, very well. Corn on the cob 
probably at different times of the year in different parts of the country will be different but we can't live that way we have to do it the same way all the time and the people that we've been asking about these insects it's telling us and they're they're experts in the field are telling us that there's a significant amount of insects on the corn on the cob at any time of the year in any place and we really should avoid it if we can uh that i admit that corn in a can doesn't taste the same as corn on the cob but you know what that if we have to give up that for hashem it's not such a terrible thing is it no so that's what i would say i would say no to the corn in the cob and yes to everything else on your plate okay okay thank you thank so you much for calling okay, next caller go ahead you're on cautious on the air can i help you Hello? You're on the air. Yeah, hi. Uh, my name is Yanko, and um, I have a question on my pizza. On the what? I had a... I... What? I, we, got, we lost him. Okay. Before we take any other callers, let me just... Uh, you can call in, by the way. We have a few empty lines. 718-683-5858. 718-683-5858. If you want to text and said 347-927-8398. So I'd like to do some of the texts that came in. Someone asked about 7-Eleven as if it's a good hechsher. Uh There's no hechsher uh, on 7-Eleven. There was one 7-Eleven that had a hashkocha on Avenue J. I didn't see it. If somebody saw it, please tell me. But I heard that there might be no longer certified. I have to check it out with the Kuf K. I think there was an announcement to that effect in the FJJ, but you'll, you'll correct me if I'm wrong. Anyway, if you do go into any of them, you have to find out if there's hashkacha. No, with the 7-Elevens does not have a hashkacha. As far as I know, uh, if that's true about the Avenue J, then there is no store in Brooklyn that has a hashkacha. No, no 7-Eleven. Last week you said washed, something about canned pineapple. Is pineapple juice okay? As far as I know, pineapple juice is okay, and uh, I'm not sure exactly the other part of the question. Someone asked over here about pre-sifted flour need to be sifted again, halachically. That I can't answer you either, because the, the, the pre-sifting is done at one stage. Uh, insects grow and can grow in something like this where they have eggs, and it could be growing as time goes on. So if you do sift, I think you should even sift pre-sifted flour. If, you, if you're asking me, do you need to sift, that's a quite different halacha question. I, I think the, most people say you don't have to sift. People do have a chumrah that they do sift. I say bakeries should definitely sift because the flour sits out in bags and it's exposed. In our house, we'll put the flour into a... A container and keep it in the freezer or refrigerator. Some people do that as soon as they buy it. Some people do it as soon as they open it. But no question that we have uh, less shyless in our houses than in the bakeries. The bakeries are also filthy places. Um, and they, the, the processing, of course, is done in clean equipment, but the floors and etc. I've seen these bakeries. I definitely uh, think sifting in a bakery is absolutely necessary. Someone asked over here, uh, about mint floss, flavored floss, permissible? And the answer is yes. Uh, am I allowed to use Dole OU frozen strawberries for smoothie? Uh, the uh, again, and I, I don't know exactly that 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 uh, which brand we're talking about. Dole, I, I don't I don't know anything about Dole's brand for the frozen strawberries. I would have said take um, something like Bodake and make that into make that in blended and use that. Um, why are silk products such as soy milk and almond milk are marked OUD if they're dairy-free? Because the legal definition of dairy is different than the Torah's halakhic definition of dairy. To the legal definition in America, you have to have a certain part of the milk to be called dairy. There are 32 parts of milk. In, in terms of the, um, the, the silk products, the soy milk, they'll use something like cassinate, which is part of milk, but for the government in the United States, it's not called dairy. 
it's, to, do, to be dairy, it has to have lactose or some other kind of ingredients, but this will not be called dairy. So it goes under the wire. It somehow escapes the, the, the American legal system, and they call it non-dairy, and it says O-U-D on it. And, the, and they have to say non-dairy because if they would say dairy whitener and it didn't have the dairy in there, the, the legal definition of dairy, then they would be... Uh, they would be sued, and they would have to stop using that labeling. So they have to say non-dairy creamer. That's the, that's the definition of that kind of a product. Yes, they are using dairy ingredients. Is it halakhically dairy? Yes. Legally dairy? No. Okay. Um, somebody asked about a, a mesh on to strain the orange juice. If you call us at the office, I will arrange it for you. I'm not pushing it, but if you want to do it, that's your decision. Our number is 718 336-8544. By the way, you can sign up for any of the classes with Rabbi Goldstein, Men or Women. You could also get the Cautious Magazine. We have a new book that came out. It's called, <laughs> a very interesting name, it's called uh, On the Wings of a Child's Prayer. That's the name of the book and 51 other stories, altogether 52 stories from the pages of Cautious Magazine. It's a 200-page book if you're interested in getting that from us. It just came out this week. Um, what needs to be done to an oven to make it parva after being used for chicken or meat uncovered. So that depends upon your position. I see we have callers coming in. If I have time, I'll answer that today. If not, we've answered it before, and I'll try to get to it later. If not, it's a long answer. Okay, go ahead. Let's answer some of the people on the phone. Go ahead. Yvonne Kashmir is on the air. Can I help you? Me? Yeah, go ahead. Um, Basically... My father, like we always used to go to 7-Eleven, and like some of them are kosher, some of the slurpees are kosher, and some of them aren't, and usually by everyone's like in a different, but there's like a, like sort of like a holder envelope, like a plastic thing right. that, has, that has a booklet, mm-hmm. full, full, and it says like the name of each slurpee, and it says if it's kosher or OUD or what. Right. Okay. So, so by each thing, there's a different envelope, right. and it's there. I understand you. I understand you. But first of all, let me explain something to you. If you would go into a non-kosher restaurant, and you would say, I want to have uh, a this or a that or the whatever it is. So you, you, they'd say, come out with a little letter that says, this is the OU. Would you trust them? The answer is no. So what's going on here with the Slurpees? The Slurpees is not under the Hashkacha of the OU. When the, 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 what they buy to make the Slurpee is under the OU. The OU does not give Hashkacha to 7-Eleven. Nobody gives Hashkacha to 7-Eleven. People in New York are running into the 7-Elevens. Your cousins and friends who live in Chicago and Baltimore and L.A. and all these places would not walk into a 7-Eleven unless it had a Hashkacha. Only in Brooklyn, New York, or we have the luxury of going into a non-kosher facility and buying something and say, I trust the goy who tells me that it's kosher. This is a craziness that we have here. Now, as far as the sleeves that you're talking about, we've mentioned on the air, and I mentioned in the Cassius magazine, that some of these are very deceptive. They're wrong. Sometimes they put the wrong symbol there. They say it's OU, and it's not. Sometimes they say, oh, you, and it's really dairy. You have non-kosher Slurpees and kosher Slurpees, and sometimes they have the Slurpees backing one another. Let me just finish. I'll, I'll, I'll listen to you afterwards. They have a Slurpee backup. This is what the man in the 7-Eleven explained to me, that when the, the Slurpees are finished with that particular flavor and it's out, they have to feed in right away with something else. So it might still say on the label, OU and this and this and this, but it might not be that at all, even though it says it. That's what he, the man explained to me in 7 Eleven. So it's not a protection that you're eating kosher. Now go ahead, you ask me. Um, but, but every month they update it, and it says the name of the Rav from, I don't remember where it's from, but every month they have a new booklet, and I mean, maybe the one that you asked is, it's different, but. But every month they update it, and if it's if I, I look at the date, and if it's and if it's if it's already expired, then I don't buy any. Are you talking about the Seven Eleven on Avenue J? Um, they have it in more than one Seven Eleven. Okay. So then it's not what we're talking about. 
What they're telling you is they have a list of kosher certified syrups that they say are being put in here. You're trusting a non-Jewish owner to say that he's giving you a kosher product. That's what's happening. And you wouldn't do it in anything else. Think about it. You wouldn't trust, you wouldn't go into a store and a guy would say to you, this is kosher. He'd offer you an ice cream and say, I know it's kosher. Take it. Enjoy it. You wouldn't need it. So, Unless I saw it with my own eyes. Uh, what? Unless I saw it with my own eyes, a very good hashkacha, then. Again, it, it's the hashkacha is not on what you see. The hashkacha is on the syrup that they buy to put into the Slurpee machine. Whether they have that in the machine or not, it's not guaranteed. They right. may have something else in there. So the paper doesn't really have anything to do with the thing that's in the Slurpee machine. It, it, it's not like there's hashkocha on the store. It's not like somebody knows what they're putting in there. They could put anything they want in, and you wouldn't know the difference. But also, does it have to do with, like, if the machine is tiveled? Nothing to do with tiveling. We don't uh. need, they don't tivel. A goy doesn't have to tivel, and you can buy it, and there's no problem at all. You don't, it, the machinery does not have to be tiveled, and you're, you're, you're not, that's not the issue. We're talking about whether or not this is a kosher product. And my mm. feeling is, if you asked, I don't know, you, you can ask your father or your mother, or, but you can ask the rub and the shul, you can ask your teacher in school, and find out whether or not they agree that this is the way we should be doing it. Personally, I would not let my kids go into these 7-Elevens. I teach people not to go in there. I know I, one father came up to me, he was very angry I said this. I, in school, I taught, I, I taught a class once in one of the yeshivas here locally, and they asked me to come in to speak about kashvahs, and the father came over to me on Shabbos, and he said, why are you telling those things? But that's the reality. Now, if you're asking me, can your father buy a soda, uh, buy a, in a soda that's in a, in a, uh, in a, uh, a bottle, of course you can buy it. If, you, if he wanted, wants, to buy an, uh, wants to buy a coffee, that's a different question. Everything's a different question. But this thing about the Slurpees, I don't agree at all buying them. Thanks so much. Thanks Have, for bringing thank it up. Thank you for calling and thank you for, for, for making the point so clear. Thank you again. And thanks for, for, for bringing it up so I can tell my father. Okay. <laughs> you let me know what happens. I'd like to know. <laughs> call back so where can I reach you? Well, you can call us at 718-336-8544. Or you can call us Wait, next week and let us know. Yeah, you can leave a message in the machine, or you can call us back here next week and let us know. Thank you very much. Have a good evening. Thank you. Bye-bye. Go no, ahead. Robert, we yeah. raised a big uh, question. <laughs> the phone call is about 7-Eleven and um, Dunkin' Donuts. But, you know, uh, we said it so many times. From so many trees, you don't see the forest. Yeah. There's so many cash routes, agency, and everybody say, is count on the other one. We don't see the really, they would think that uh, the joke about somebody said, you know, you don't see the picture of uh, Baba Sali, Zecher Tzadik Vadosh, who said, no, if I, if I see the Baba Sali standing here, right. I would eat. Right. But this picture, I can put whatever, you know. Right, right, right. So, okay, we have uh, another call. Go ahead. You're unconscious on the air. Can we help you? Go ahead. You're on the air. I don't have him. You're on Kasha's on the air. Go ahead, please. Hi, um, I wanted to know, do you see, um, um, should I wash on wraps? Oh, that's a good question. You know, I can't really do it over the phone, and I'll tell you why. Because every wrap is a little different. Uh, and there are, there are different opinions. That's something that we, we should do a show on Brachos. I really would love to do it. But if you'll call me at the office, I will research it for you, and I will answer you. And if you have a specific name of a rap, you can give it to us. So call us at the office, and I believe Nether will look into it, and I believe Nether will discuss it on the radio, and I'll try to get an answer for you specifically. 718-336... You can leave a message right now. 718-336-8544. And just tell us, did you ask us this question? And we'll try to answer it on the radio. We'll also try to get back to you, okay? Thank you so much. You're certainly welcome. Bye-bye. Okay, bye. Okay, you have another caller? Go ahead. Kashvah's on the air. Go ahead, please. Hello? Yes, go ahead. You're on the air. Yeah, hi. Um, I want to know, are all the flavors from Slurpee not, as, like, don't have extra, or is only, like, certain, like, Cola, Pepsi, those okay, are? Okay, so, the, again, 
the, the Slurpees, I, I just have to explain to you so you could understand it perfectly. If you got what they claim they're giving you, so there are among the Slurpees non-kosher ones and dairy ones. Some mm-hmm. are dairy, some are non-kosher. And some of them were not labeled properly. One particular one we mentioned in the magazine was dairy, and it said OU, and it wasn't really OU dairy. So sometimes that occurs. In addition to that, we said a few minutes ago that they put in anything they want in that machine. You think because it says on the little uh, little sticker, it says this is this uh, slurping. But sometimes there's a backup where they put slurpees in the back in case this one runs out, then the, it picks up from the next fill, the next uh, well there. So that you might actually be getting something that does not what the label says it is. So there's no way to know. And then you say, well, this store told me they only use kosher. In Baltimore, they wouldn't accept that. In in the Chicago, they wouldn't accept that. In Detroit, they wouldn't accept that. They send people in, or they ask the people who go visit to try to check out if they actually have kosher only. Because sometimes they get the non-kosher delivered even without asking for it. So we don't necessarily agree with looking at these lists. Okay? Okay. Thank you very much. Um, are, they, yes. are there any like um, um, specific stores or like um, the one... I don't know any stores now. I was told the MUJ one may no longer have Ashkacha from the Kaf K. Do you know about Coney Island one? No, 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 none of the others have. No? None of the others have. The only one that did have was the MUJ one. I don't think they have now. You could you could call the Kaf K. The Coney Island one had one. The only one that I know that gives Hashkachas is the Kaf K. You can call them at Mm 201-837- Yeah. 0-500-0500. Yeah. 201-837-0500. Ask either for Rabbi Leibowitz or mm-hmm. just ask anybody, are you certifying any 7-Elevens in Brooklyn? And they will answer you right away. Okay? Okay. Thank you very much for calling. Okay, okay. thank you very much. Before we Bye. get in any more callers, I just want to take a moment and talk about our sponsor, which is... Glotmart, conveniently located at 1205 Avenue M and serving the kosher community for 35 years. When you think of Glotmart, think of price, service, convenience, and quality. Whether you shop for a few items or a full wagon load, you can save plenty of money by shopping at Glotmart. At Glotmart, the convenience comes in two packages, parking and time. You'll save time by using their valet parking service. Just pull into Glotmart from the East 12th Street entrance and they'll park the car and have it ready for you to load up with all those special items that you've purchased in the store. And at Glotmart, the quality of meats is A1. With kosher certification from both the Star K and the Vatakashos of Flatbush, with Base Yosef meats and with expert Nikor, at Glotmart, you're getting quality kashras. Glotmart is at 1205 Avenue M. Meeting your shopping needs is their top priority. If you meet Dove in Glotmart, Tell them you heard about Glotmart on Kashrus on the Air over j Radio. And now I'm going to take another... Oh, we have some more calls? Okay, we'll, we'll all it up. Okay, next caller, please. Go ahead. Hi, um, I, I just want to let you point. Now, the, the newer um, K-cup machines, Keurig machines, it's, there's, there's basically no metal throughout the whole machine. It's, it's basically, there's a tank with water in it, and then, there's, and then there's a little thing on the bottom of the machine that has like a pipe that's going through the machine. And then on the top of the, where the and when you close the machine shut, there's a stick that pokes it in that's metal, which I'm not sure if it's touching the coffee grinds that's inside the cup. And then there's around that there's like holes for the water to come out. So I'm not sure if there's exactly any metal parts throughout the machine. Well, that's why we'd have to go a little research. I see you did some of it. Uh, I, li- I have one right in front of me now. That's the only <laughs> Well, we gotta get you gotta look inside the uh, the uh, inside the booklet. Maybe it explains a little bit more. I'd have to I'd have to study it before I could answer it. I mean, I see you were thinking about it, and I appreciate it. And if you come to your decision, you let me know. But I I, I really have to would have to research it with the company. Basically, the only metal pieces that are going through the machine is these metal p- spokes that are coming from the top and from the bottom, which 
Again, that's what I'm saying. I have to figure out what is happening in there. I couldn't do it by heart. I, I appreciate your taking the time out to think to, to call us, but I don't really have it on, on my fingertips yet. I wouldn't answer a question like that until I studied it more. Okay. okay. Thank, Thank you very much, much for calling. You're welcome. Care. Okay, you're on Kasha's on the air. Go ahead, please. You're on the air. Hello. Yes, you're on the air. Yeah, hi. If I be traveling to Miami, Florida, how would I be able to find out about the hashkachos of and the you know dairy and Pacifica restaurants? Good, 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 good. Okay. First of all, Miami has some very good selections, uh, and I'm, I'm not going to give out recommendations per, like that. But right. But I but I would say, and again, everybody who listens here now has different standards. Now, right, for what, sure. What might be you, your interest may not be somebody else's. We give one piece of advice if you can follow it. Try to get in touch with Manish Spitz, M-A-N-I-S-H, Spitz, S-P-I-T-Z. Now, I don't have his number on my, uh, right here now, but in, if you're getting our magazine, uh, we list it every time we have. We have a guide to uh, Miami in our summer travel guide and we list his telephone number over there, you might be able to get it from information. If you don't, then you'll have to either call our office or look up in the Kosher Travel Guide, which we, which we put out in uh, May. Uh, we have it listed over there, his telephone number. M -A -N -I -S -M -A what's, your, what's your office number? 336-718-336-8544. Okay, thanks so much. You're certainly welcome. He's definitely the most uh, knowledgeable about everything about kosher in mm -hmm. Miami. Okay, great. Thanks so much for your help. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Go ahead. You're on Kashmir on the air. Can I help you? Yes, how are you? I wanted to know about uh, Dunkin' Donuts sending their donuts. First they donuts, not market on, but the Yeshua Party Straw. Do all the donuts come from the same factory or plant? Okay. First of, all, first of all, uh, we don't ascribe to using Dunkin' Donuts for a lot of reasons. One of the stores open on Shabbos. There's no mashkiach present. We've seen that they've had non-kosher in their ovens. Uh, so we're not happy about the hashkacha. As far as, um, as far as the donuts themselves, we have a concern about Bishel Yisrael. We consider it to be Bishel and not to be, uh, because it's fried, we consider it Bishel Shaila and we're not sure that they're handling that properly. So we're not accepting the on that and whoever it is. Now, again, if you're talking about out in the five towns where there's a very good Ashkocha, then maybe they are doing a proper job, Stan K may be doing a proper job, I'm not familiar with it, but I haven't seen locally anything that uh, I consider to be acceptable. So as, as, and as far as they're making it, it seems like this. Dunkin' Donuts, uh, it seems that they're like a franchise. So some people can own five Dunkin' Donuts, and they have a commissary where they're making things, and they're going to provide the donuts for those five stores. And there could be another bunch of Dunkin' Donuts that are under another uh, franchise, and they're doing a different, making it a different place. So each one of these is really could be coming from a different producer of the, of the donuts. And uh, uh -huh. the hashkachas, you know, can go this way and go that way. Usually what an owner will hire the mashkiach to give hashkacha to his five stores. So presumably all five of his stores will be under this hashkacha. It could be another set of stores will be under a different hashkacha. Uh, meaning to say, let's say the five towns, not necessarily do they get the same donuts that another that we don't get. That's, are they, I'm, I'm pretty certain that the ones that are in our neighborhood are not the, getting from the same place as the five, from the five towns. And I want to tell you, I, again, I'm not talking about one Ashkocha versus another. I just talk about a general problem. But I just will tell you that uh, the, the Ashkocha in Brooklyn um, does not send anybody in on Shabbos, even though they're producing on Shabbos and they're open on Shabbos, etc. In the five towns, they do send the Mashkiach in on some Shabbos, and yes. Because they, it's local, and they make sure to go in. Because if you're giving nashkach, and I tell, and we had on this radio show a few weeks ago, one of the people from, uh, uh, I think it was from the OU. I'm not sure anymore. I get so confused. And uh, he, uh, he he told us that he will send in. Maybe it's a different one. He he tells he will send in on Shabbos, or he will walk in on Shabbos, sometimes into the supermarket bakery just so they should know that 
we could come on Shabbos. So yeah, if you want to really be sure that no funny business is going on, then you have to show up on Shabbos. Right, definitely. Okay? Okay, thank you so Thank you much. very much for calling. Have a good evening. Okay, your next call. You're on Kashmir's on the air. Can we help you? Hello? Yes, you're on the air. I'd like to know about your um, jaw busters and lemon heads. What would you like to know about them? If you're allowed to eat them. Like Does it, okay, now, what this company, which is uh, Ferrara Pan, has been making these items for 30, 40, 50 years, whatever. But the, the Hashkocha does not control all of the plants. So at one time, all those names you said would be kosher, and they would have the Hashkocha of what we call UMK, which is uh, United Mahadran Kosher, and they have another name, something to do with uh, Upper Midwest Kashras. But it's a UMK. Now, it's a funny hashkach. It looks like a shield. It's very, very tiny on the package. It looks like a shield. And it looks like a wavy line on top. That's the uh, the uh, M or something. And then there's a K in the middle. And the bottom is a U. So that's the UMK. So if you see that on the package, you could use it. If you don't see it, then it's being made in a plant that is not certified. It has to have okay. that on the packaging or you can't use it. Okay? Thank you. Certainly Thank welcome. You. Thank you for calling. Bye-bye. Okay, another call. Go, you're on Kashmir's on the air. Can we help you? Huh? Yes, you're on the air. Um, I have two questions. One is that, what bracha do you say on pizza? Oh, that's, that is a big question. Now, let's hear the second one. <laughs> Maybe the second one's easier. Okay, <laughs> what's the second one? Um... If you're allowed to eat whole strawberries, well, we don't we we don't recommend using regular strawberries now because they're very hard to check and very hard to clean. That's our recommendation. Uh, there may be other people who have different opinions, but that's our opinion, and we either shave it off or uh, you know we will do something of that nature. But we don't uh, use them straight anymore. That's that's the current status as far as I know. The other question, which is uh, harder for me, is about pizza. Because if I say that you should make hamotzi, which is what I do, it, many people are shocked because they never heard about it. And on the, on the other hand, uh, m- many people make mizonos, and that's what they were told. So it's, there are different opinions, different rabbanim paskin differently. But I will tell you a few facts that are interesting. So you can ask your own rav or your father or your, your, your rav or the, whoever runs the, your school that you go to. You could ask them what they say to do. And you could do whatever you know, you're being told to do. That's what you have to do at this age. But yes, there, is a, there, is definitely two, there definitely are two opinions. And I don't want to list the names of people who hold this way and hold that way. But I will share with you a couple of interesting things. Even the people who say to say Mizonos... If you have two pieces, that's a Shiloh. And Ramosha Feinstein said, if you have two pieces, it's a Shiloh, which means you have to have another piece of bread to avoid the problem, and then you end up eating a lot of stuff, bread and two pieces of pizza. It's a lot to eat. The other thing is that I'll, I asked a, a Paisek, I won't mention the name now. <laughs> I don't want to get into names. But I asked a Paisek, who holds that you make mizonos on pizza. And I asked him, what happens if you just have the crust? Somebody's eating the pizza, he doesn't like the crust. So he breaks off the crust, and then you want to eat that crust. What bracha do you make on it? So he says you have to make hamotzi, because that is bread. It's flour and water and it's bread. It's just that when it's part of a pizza, then it becomes mizonos. So it's a very interesting question. I told you it's a long question. And I suggest you look into it a little further. And uh, if you want to get back to me on what well, you found out, I'd love to hear about it. But as I said, there are two opinions. Thank you very much. I tell you, for us, this faradim is not opinion. It's one opinion. Amutzi. Okay. That's it. Okay. So, so I it, say Amutzi. Uh, I yeah, do too. And the Debat Sina Rav da, did. And my Rebbe, Rav Asher Zim and Zatzal did. And there are plenty of people who are making Amutzi. And we're fine. Don't worry about it. It's good. Thank you. Go Thank ahead. you so much. Bye bye.
Another one? Okay, you're unconscious on the air. Can the line you? is full, basically, all the lines. Hello? All the okay, lines. I'm sorry. Okay, good. Yeah. Go ahead. You're on the air. I don't know if you mean me. Yes, yes, you're on the okay. air. Okay. You just had a question about the um, bracha hamotzi on pizza or whatever. Yeah. I don't want to get into it. I know <laughs> it's very involved. Oh, you does not give a hashkocha on any mizonos bread because they consider bread is hamotzi. That's not my issue. My issue is people come to a kiddush many times and they make mizonos on cake. Uh-huh. But some people eat enough cake that you have to wash and make hamotzi on it. They right. don't even realize it. Right, right. Well, right? That's right. And I was told also that if you eat pizza as a snack, it's mezainus. Right. However, a number of years ago, in the Jewish Observer, Rabbi Eli Teitelbaum had a very nice long article about, he explained how why you do have to make hamotzi on pizza. I'm not getting any further. <laughs> okay. We, we appreciate what you, what you shared with us. It's also, every airline gives you a meal with a mazinus bread. If it's right. a meal, it can't be mazinus, right? You could eat the meal and make a bracha on each individual thing, but if you're eating the mazinus roll, it's not mazinus. Again, that is our opinion. There right. are chasidim, I have a different, uh, the, the, there are different sheetas in this. Yeah. There are okay. different sheetas, but let's go back to your thing about the uh, airline. Okay. I just yeah. want to share with you that uh, what uh, Rabbi uh, Levy, uh, Beryl Levy, Allah Shalom, who was the head of the OK. I knew him very well, yeah. So Rabbi Levy, what he used to do, he told me, he used to, when he got Mazona's bread on the plane, he would eat the meal without the bread. And take right. the bread and need, use it for a snack later on. Uh-huh. He never mixed uh-huh. the two. But okay. he, he did hold it was we did hold it was Mizonis. My Rebbe was very much opposed to the Mizonis bread. Rebbe Zimmerman? Yes. But yeah. but later on uh, they started making Mizonis bread that really is Mizonos. And but he held anyway that if you put sandwich, you put stuff in it, you have to make hamotzi. Right. Know, right. Okay. Thank you very much very for Very informative. We really enjoy your program. Thank you. Have a good evening. Bye-bye. Go ahead, you're unconscious on the air. Can we help you? Yeah, hello. Um, I heard there was uh, some hashkocha that the niku for Sephardim is not good. Okay, now, we're not going to go into the uh, details, but go ahead. What would you like to say? Um, uh, and um, First of all, um, I, I asked my, the Rav said that uh, don't use that hashkocha. I'm using this hashkocha, so you have to use that, that hashkocha. And also, I, uh, I saw in uh, this, this week... Uh, FG, FGJ, yeah. uh, um, um, there is a sign, big sign, that uh, new Hashkocha coming, and there is a new Niku according to Sephardim. According to Sephardim. Let me go into it without going into it, because I can't really. Okay, first of all, I haven't fully researched this, the whole thing, so I can't really help you very much. Let's start from square one. The, the reference you're making to a certain meat... That was under uh, that's under a certain hashkocha. The hashkocha is one that is uh, impeccable, so it's a it's excellent hashkocha. Now, whether he does nikur the way Sephardim want, whether he does nikur the way this one wants and when that one wants, that's a question I can't answer. I didn't look into it, but but it, but that that doesn't invalidate the hashkocha. Okay, number that's number one. Number two. Yes, that well, you didn't. You didn't. I don't think they said that there's going to be. I saw the FJJ thing. I don't believe that they said there's a new Ashkara. What it is is that the Kihila Kashras is saying that they're going to do Nikur for the Svardim, or at least on some of their places. And they mentioned a list of places where they're going to be Nikur that will be yeah. acceptable to Svardim. So that's yeah. what I saw in the FJJ. And yeah. yes, that they're trying to address it because the, the Svartim are interested in a certain standard. And it's a beautiful thing and that they should get what they want and what they expected, etc. But uh, I don't want to go any further into it because I don't think it detracts at all from the other Hashkoch that are in existence. Thank you very much for the call. Okay, go ahead. You're on Kashas on the air. Can I help you? Me? Yeah, you're on the air. Okay. Is it a problem about 7-Eleven Slurpees? We've talked about it tonight several times, and my position is yes. Is Why? What's wrong with it? Uh, you didn't listen to it, so I, I, it's a third time tonight. I'll just say it very briefly. First of all, you're relying on a non-Jew that you're getting kosher. Secondly, there are n- 
dairy and non-kosher varieties of Slurpees, and even if he wants to avoid it, he may not have avoided getting them. Number three, when you see something on the packet on the uh, the Slurpee machine, it says a little little thing there indicating what's in there. In some cases, that's not what's in there. That's the three things I said before. Okay. Okay. Thank, thank you. Thank you very much for calling. Bye bye. Yeah, Ron Cassius on the air. Can you help you? Yeah, hi, me. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, great. Um, I was the one who texted you before about the silk products. Um, I just wanted more information in terms of two questions. Um, I know that the OUD has that hashkacha of OUD, but sometimes Pasfardin. No, 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 called sodium uh-huh. caseinate from directly from milk sodium oh, yeah. caseinate okay. okay okay my second question is i know sometimes um with a powdered form of milk like like formula there's no issue of chalav israel um could someone who keeps chalav israel um use these almond milk and soy milk products or is that also an issue i don't know i don't know just somebody don't know is that is in other words the sodium caseinate is it considered to be powdered milk I don't know. You have to ask somebody. You call uh, the OU. But definitely the soy and almond milks that are marked OUD are definitely considered dairy well, halachically. Again, if you see sodium caseinate as an ingredient, then it is. Uh-huh. They, they, uh-huh. Some of them might be just equipment. You could be right. What you can do is the, you can call the OU. Okay. And well, listen careful. I'll give you the whole deal. It takes a few seconds to hear. You call, okay, great. You call 212 563 4,000. That's the OU. 4,000. Then you have to get through to the Kashmir's department. Then you mm-hmm. have to say, I want to speak to the rabbinical coordinator. If you want to say, mm-hmm. remember the way they say it, RC. I want to speak to the RC in charge of silk, this, this uh, soy product. They'll put you in contact with that person. And that person can tell you if there's any dairy in there or it's just dairy equipment. And they will answer that question about whether you have to be concerned as a Sfadi at all. They'll answer uh-huh. that question for you. Okay? Uh-huh. Okay, great. Thank you for clarifying. You're welcome. Have a good evening. You too. Go ahead. You're on Kashra Sandia. We have a few minutes left. Go ahead. Um, I want to know about fresh broccoli. Fresh broccoli, if you buy positive, then you're getting a, a broccoli that has really been grown specially. Fresh broccoli you buy in the store... Uh, yourself and you want to check it or clean it, it's very, very difficult to do. Oh. I would not advise it whatsoever. Uh, fresh broccoli uh, with a different ashkoch I'm not familiar with. I just oh, know I, that Positive has a very st- strong product. I, I bought a Positive bag and I took out one and was ready to eat it and I saw a, a worm curling around okay. in it and it was so, still alive. And, and what did you do? So we called them up and they told us to email them a picture. And they um, uh, they sent down a mashkiach, and they said they don't know where it came from because it was a closed, sealed bag, and the worm was still alive. Yeah. So they said they're going to check it out and see what. Uh, I shouldn't. I should maybe when, from now on, I, when I buy it, I have to check every piece, or I should just. Uh, no, you don't have to check any pieces. But let me but, ask but you I this. But I found the worm. How, I understand. How long ago did this occur? This happened this past week. So I would love for you to contact <laughs> us. And let us know how positive resolve how positive resolves it with you, whether they're going to give you a this or a that or answer you this way or that way. I'd love to hear how they answer it. Just call us at the office seven one eight three three six eight five four four. There is nothing in this world that, that cannot have a worm in it. I ate a chawa. I, I I didn't eat the worm, but I cut a chawa in the summer once. And uh, yeah. it was made in a, a very very bakery with a very good ashkach, and there was a worm inside. Anything uh, can happen. So, we have no more time? Okay, that's okay. We, our show is over. Thank you very much for calling. Okay, that was, you. Uh, you ended off on a very strong note, and I'd love to hear what you have to say, okay? okay Call us at clear. 718-336-8544. Anybody okay. else who would like either to get Cautious Magazine, our new issues coming out this week, or you want to get, uh, get the new book we have, which is... Uh, on the wings of a child's prayer and 51 other stories from Kasha's magazine, or you're interested in the instinct and investigation training from Rabbi Goldstein, or you just want to, you know, communicate with us, 718-336-8544.
Yes, you want me to answer? Go ahead. I uh, want to say that uh, we got text. We'd like to confirm that now on 7-Eleven door is now a new sign that says that there are not under Ashgacha. Not under Ashgacha. Not Ashgacha. So that's the answer, so that's that the Avenue J store of 7-Eleven is no longer under Ashgacha. As far as we know, no 7-Eleven in Brooklyn is kosher certified, and we hope that our listeners will take it very seriously. Thank you for listening to Kashmir on the Air.